Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the ultimate 2023 Rugby World Cup semi-final preview of the Springboks versus England. I don't have a guest today, and the reason for that, guys, is because I've just become a father for the second time. So I'm sure you can appreciate that time is very precious and limited at the moment, so I'll be going it alone for the rest of the tournament. Feel free to let me know how well or how badly I'm doing in the comment section. Let's get started. So we'll begin by taking a look at the history of these two teams playing each other at the Rugby World Cup. They've actually met five times previously, with the Springboks winning four of those. Let's have a look at it in chronological order. First up in 1999, the two teams met in the quarterfinals in Paris. It's now known as the Yanni de Beer Show, after Yanni slotted a world record five drop goals to win the match for South Africa by 44 points to 21. The two sides met again four years later, but this time in the pool stage. In 03 in Perth, England were the dominant force in world rugby at the time, and they duly delivered. They defeated the South Africans 25-6, and I know that the score was 6-6 at halftime, but let's just put this in context. England were the best team in the world at the moment, and anybody who thinks that South Africa were close to winning that day at the Subiaco Oval, I think they're smoking something. For context, England beat South Africa by 20 points two years earlier. They annihilated the box 53-3 the year before at Twickenham, and I know that there was the red card to Janis Labuskakhni, but nevertheless, England would have won anyway. And then that fateful day in Perth, 25-6, I would say a 19-point margin, that was about right at the time. The roles were somewhat reversed four years later when again the two sides met in the pool stage, but this time the Springboks were the superior team and they duly delivered in fabulous fashion, I think it's fair to say. The score was 36-0, and I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, that night England were lucky to get nil. And as it would turn out, the two teams would meet again in the final. England did regroup and recover, and they were a better side. They were much improved by the time the two teams met in the final. But still, South Africa had too much for them. And it was a classic case of match management, or game management, if you prefer, as the South Africans edged the match 15-6. They never really looked in any danger of losing, and were thus crowned the Rugby World Champions for the second time. We would have to wait 12 more years for the two teams to play each other at a Rugby World Cup again, and it would be in the final once more. This time, England were the favourites going into the contest. They had just slayed the All Blacks in their semi-final, where South Africa had almost forced their way over the line at every stage of the tournament to get into that final. But the Springboks saved their best for last and destroyed England that night. 32-12, it was an emphatic performance. They dominated every facet of play and it was a well-deserved victory to the box. Let's take a look now at the two match day squads named for this contest at the Stade de France. South Africa coach Jacques Ninaba has named an unchanged 23, unsurprising really, after the way they overcame France in what will go down as one of the great Rugby World Cup quarterfinals, if not matches. A superb display earning the box a 29-28 victory. England have made a few changes. Joe Marler and George Martin are two tight five changes made by Steve Borthwick, Ellis Genge and Ollie Chesham drop to the bench. And in the back line, Freddie Stewart returns in place of Marcus Smith. On the South African side, Sio Khaleesi will equal John Smith's Springbok record of captaining the team 11 times at the Rugby World Cup. And quite frankly, barring injury, 
Khaleesi will almost certainly go on and set a new record either in the final or the third, fourth place playoff. Obviously, we're hoping it'll be in the final. Fun fact, 26 of the 43 players who were involved in Yokohama four years ago will again be doing battle on this occasion in Saint-Denis. Another fun fact is about the Springboks and their supposedly rigid and boring game plan. They only kick, they say. They only play in the forwards, they say. They only bully their opponents up front, they say. 9, 10 and 15 are merely agents for aerial bombardments, they tell us. Well, here's a fun one for you. The Springboks only had 99 seconds in possession inside the French half in the first half of their quarterfinal and managed to score three tries in that time. Not bad at all for a one-dimensional team, wouldn't you say? Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program. Toll-free helpline 0800-006-008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. And that brings me to what I think we can expect in this semi-final. It all starts up front as the old adage goes in rugby and it has to be noted that England have done enough up until now to force their way into the semi-finals. Some might say they had an easy pool, others would say that they haven't been tested by a particularly strong opponent up until now. The fact of the matter is that they have made their way into the final four and they have to be respected regardless of whether you think they've come up against a particularly formidable opponent or not. Argentina should have tested them in the pool stage, but on that particular night, the Pumas were more like kittens, and George Ford single-handedly won the match for the English. Now, I personally don't think that the English pack can live with the Springboks. I expect the box to dominate at scrum time, in the lineouts, and also at the breakdown. But that is not to say that England stand no chance. Certainly not. I just think it's going to be very hard for them to gain parity among the forwards. Marla, George and Cole is not a bad front row, but when you compare it to Kitsov, Mbonambi and Malherba, I'm not convinced it's necessarily in the same category. Maro Itoje remains one of the world's prominent locks, but he can't do it by himself. Courtney Laws is a loose forward I have long admired, and Tom Curry and Ben Earl have been in very good form throughout this World Cup to date. But just like the front row and indeed the larger tight five, I do think in order for them to get on top of the Springboks, these are players that are going to have to have possibly the game of their lives. And I just cannot see that being the case. Now England may very well be a much better team come Australia in 2027, and who knows, Steve Borthwick may actually have built a team that could win the tournament by that stage. But right now, I don't think they're quite there. But again, having said that, it is worth pointing out something very interesting about Borthwick that you may not know. He was Japan's forwards coach in 2015. And do I really need to continue? You know what the Japanese did to South Africa that famous day in Brighton. The forwards, well, they did everything perfectly that night. They didn't get involved in a bruising battle with the Springboks. Instead, they were very quick, they were very slick, and they managed to get that ball into the back line as quickly as they possibly could. 
Now, if England employ a tactic like that on Saturday, what can we expect? Well, Owen Farrell, who I think has been a great servant to English rugby, let's not forget that this man is their all-time leading point scorer. You have to acknowledge and respect that. But I don't think Farrell is the player that he used to be. And quite frankly, right now, I think the only reason he is in the starting 15 as the fly half is because he's the captain. That doesn't mean that he can't put in an outstanding performance on Saturday to lead his team to victory. That's just my overall opinion. But then you look around and you see guys like Tuolangi. Johnny May is still there. And don't forget Freddie Stewart, who's come back at fullback. These are all very, very good players. But at the same time, I am expecting them to largely be receiving ball on the back foot rather than the front foot. And then you have to compete with the South African backline, Marnie Leboc who very much is a creative genius. Damien Dialende is there. Jesse Creel, who's probably had the best run of form in his entire Springbok career. We all know about the dangers posed by Cheslin Colby and Kirtley Arenter. And then Damien Willems is having a great tournament at fullback himself. Again, all of these little pieces put together, it just looks to me like an inevitable Springbok victory. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link, I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box, and there will be great benefits for members. Now, I do think that the Springboks will mix things up a little bit. It's not only going to be a forward-dominated game, but we have seen the box at this tournament be more than happy to send that ball into the back line. Marnie Leboc, as we mentioned, has been very creative, and it's been a joy to watch. Cheson Colby, especially in that uh, quarterfinal against France, was a joy to behold. Kirtley Arenser, as I said, is having a great tournament, and I think that we can expect a mix of running and kicking from the Springboks. Again, if Marnie or Kourbis Reynach sends that ball high into the Cheslin and Kirtley will be more than happy to chase it all day long, but I don't think that that is what you're going to see exclusively in this context. So what do I foresee? A mix-up. We're going to see a good old-fashioned bash-up in the forwards. I think we're going to see sniping, darting runs uh, from the base of the ruck from Kourbis Reynach. I don't know about you guys, I'm going to say this out loud, but Reynach actually reminds me a lot of Joost van der Vestes, and those of us who are old enough to have seen him play, the great man, might see a few similarities. I certainly do. I wonder if you do. If you do, let me know in the comment section below. And then from Marnie, as I say, I'm expecting a little bit of a change-up. We're going to see a few kicks high into the air with the wings chasing on those wide channels. But I think we're going to see a little bit of running as well, some slick passing, uh, a lot of creativity on his part. And I just think that in the end, it might be something similar to what we saw in the final in 2019. It'll be close for a while. England are going to compete. Don't forget, this is a semi-final. They're not a bad team, as I mentioned. And we shouldn't just expect South Africa to pitch up and be 20 points in front inside the first 20 minutes. No, no, no. I do not think that that is what is going to happen. Instead, I think it might be a tight affair with the box just ahead for most of the contest. And then in those last 20 or so minutes, once the bomb squad has come on, South Africa will take the game away from England and I'm going to predict the Springboks to win by 20 points. Expect to see power, pace and flair from the reigning world champions. Finally, let's talk about the referee for the occasion, Ben O'Keefe. In my opinion, I think he's one of the better referees doing the rounds on the international circuit. He was also in charge of the Springboks quarterfinal victory over France. And I do think that he's largely a fair referee. He may miss a few things, but then as a referee friend of mine has pointed out to me on numerous occasions, there is so much going on in rugby, especially at the breakdown, rucks, malls, especially in the scrums as well, that it's actually impossible to referee 
a rugby match. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big fan of the NFL. I watch a fair bit of American football. And it's interesting to see that there are multiple referees, not just one or two. There are many referees that are part of an NFL match. And I wonder, I just wonder if maybe it's rugby could learn something from that. And maybe in the future, we might end up seeing four or five or even six referees on the field, not on the field of play, but you might have one or two on the side like we have today with the touch judges, and you may have two on-field referees. Maybe one will be watching the one team and the other will be watching the other team. That might be an easier way for referees to officiate matches. Nevertheless, I am comfortable with Ben O'Keefe taking charge of this match, and I don't foresee too many issues from either side, to be quite frank. And for what it's worth, this will be Ben O'Keefe's first Rugby World Cup semi-final. So what do you guys think? Do you agree with me? Do you strongly disagree? Let me know in the comments what your predictions are for this Rugby World Cup semi-final between the Springboks and England. See you next time.